Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, April 27th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio's Final Fantasy VII Remake special spoiler cast. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, Kato, as always. How you doing, Kato? Hi. I'm, I'm, I'm awake, in a sense. Okay. Wow. Well, with just pure energy to start the podcast. <laughs> also joining us again for the first time. Uh, after after taking some some parental leave, what is uh, time? Patrick Klepek is here. Yo, listen, we're going to be asking about what time is in a moment as we get into well, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Fair. Welcome back, I, Patrick. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I wake up every day and I hold my head just like cloud, and I'm like Tuesday, Friday, Sat. Can I go to the Target today? No, wait till no. Monday when people aren't there. <laughs> the whispers of fate are protecting the Target. You're not the library the library is closed, and so if I go to Target and purchase books and return them in 30 days in mint condition, is that fraud? Is that fraud in these extraordinary circumstances? <laughs> what not which Target? We're not, we're not going down this road. Also joining us, yes, the, the, the voice of Matthew Galt joining us again to talk about Final Fantasy VII. Hello. Hello, sir. Hi, are you doing any uh, COVID-19 fraud? Um, it's very light. I didn't light. buy the books. I just thought about it, and I've floated the idea to some people in my neighborhood when they come by. In I'm just tired of the frozen find it book. Look, I don't give a shit about Elsa's frozen couch anymore. I need to find it. Wait, 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 wait. Austin brought up something important. You're talking to mm. people in your neighborhood? That doesn't sound like social distancing to me. Hey, you, you, go, in, you go in your uh, driveway, and then you're playing with the water, and people go on the sidewalk. You know, you've got... Um, although I did, my daughter <laughs> did break social distancing with our neighbors. She's been very good, very very listening. She, uh, tra- like, heartbreakingly, she likes to play the wish game where she throws a coin or a rock into a, a, the water, and she asked recently, it's like, that I, that I hope people would stop being sick. And I was like, oh... oh. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. That's a good wish. Ooh. But she gets excited um, in the spring when, uh, as she calls them, uh, dandelions. Um, but dandelions, you know, the little yellow flowers. Dandelions is good. <laughs> dandelions is good. It feels like a Final Fantasy ass yeah. name. Like, yeah. um, uh, and you you pluck a hair out, or a feather off a chocobo, and that's a dandelion. Yes. Um, and it's, I'm, it's, she likes to pick flowers, and I'm like, well, you can pick those because nobody, most people, they're pretty, but people don't. It's a weed, and people don't usually like that in your. In their yard, so you can go and pick all the the dandelions uh, you want. And these two neighbors walked by, and she's like, "Can I go give them? Uh, can I give them a dandel a dandelion?" I was like, "Ah, mm, you're not. Don't think you're supposed to." And then they like signaled to me, they're like, "We'll just wash our hands. Your daughter can give us a flower." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, Aww, she means well." Um, so yeah, we're here to to dig deep into the Final Fantasy VII remake, which at this point I think all of us have completed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I know it was a. I know. Kato, it was like you, had a, a, you must have had to marathon it because I, I was when Austin warned me. He's like, "No, there's more than you think." At the, like when the game gives the traditional, yeah. "Hey, you're at the end game." I was like, "Oh, cool." So I've probably got like ah, you know four or five hours left, and Austin was like, eh, "Like double," and that's probably yeah. yeah it was uh-huh. closer to ten. It was closer yeah. to ten. Yeah, definitely. It, that that last stretch is pretty long. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad, Kato, that you that you also wrapped it up. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I guess uh, Galt and I kind of have wait. You already beaten it when we did our first podcast, Galt. I beat it shortly thereafter. I have weighed in here and on abnormal mapping and some other places. So just for Kato and Patrick, what did you? What was the, just the general takeaway? Uh, do you like it? What, like, what's, let's just like get a base level. <laughs> I I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I thought it was a great way to to tweak uh, and and it, if you're going to remake a story that everyone knows so well. Let's make some changes. Let's get a little wild, um, and they did. And I think it's totally. uh, it sets up. <laughs> let's get really wild. Yeah, uh, we'll get into it. We will. Yeah, and it sets me. up. A, like I think you said somewhere that it sets up a franchise. Right. This is about more than just creating a trilogy, possibly. This feels like they want like to really invest in this new world. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Kato and, and Patrick, though, I'm curious. Dirge of Cerberus oh reboot my God. two. Yeah. Redurge of Cerberus. Although I believe um, this, the uh, person who did the tremendous soundtrack for the remake also did. People have been pointing out, yo, this person's been making hot beats for a long time. And I believe they did the Dirge of Cerberus soundtrack. Okay, so I've been Good. meaning to go back to Good. the rest of the, the work of that. Um, Incredible. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I loved uh, the, the remake. Um, I am so curious how it hits people who haven't played Final Fantasy VII. It does yeah. not feel as though it was written. For those people, not that it's not enjoyable, <laughs> but I think it is absolutely something that is meant to be a work that is commenting on a past work and doesn't necessarily, like, I don't remember, so, like, so much of, like, to the point that, uh, you know, um, it, the uh, the Dementors is like, well, that, that could have been in the original game and I just forgot. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, clearly not. Um, but I, I do. I do think it like it is written presupposing you have at least some nostalgic framework for seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it actually, I you know, we've talked on this podcast before about how uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of like uh, tropes of game design, of storytelling, of putting in like voice memos and like uh, notes you come across like are a really tired way of doing uh, world building. But boy, this game could have actually used a ton of that. Where it's like, if they wanted to tell this story this way, I would have loved, like, you come across a desk and here's a note that explains, like, the motivations of Shinra or, like, a little bit more of the world that I think you got a lot more of in Final Fantasy VII, which had a lot more dialogue, right? Like, you had a lot more of, like, talking to people in a way that doesn't happen in this one, so... uh, um, I feel like like what you get... I I mean, I think that a lot of the stuff that actually comes out of Final Fantasy VII, the original, is just the game keeps going from here and you end up mm. getting more later. Um, the, yeah, that's I, true. I guess I, I, maybe that maybe I'm informing yeah, my entire perspective of seven, but I, but like given that this is meant to be, yes, it's episodic or part of, you know, be a sequel to this, however yeah. you want to frame it. Um, I do think it's gotta be a challenge for newcomers to fully understand uh, what, what's going on. Or I wonder if the way yeah. things escalate in this remake, well, Kato can probably speak to this. Yeah, that's you know, exactly what I'm curious about. Um, and and I'll, I'll toss to you after this this last point, is that the way it escalates, I wonder if that comes across as like weirdly and absurdly bombastic for the, the notion that this is a story that is supposed to continue for a long time to go relative to folks who have played Final Fantasy VII and the way it twists and turns the narrative um, 
is part of the fun of the way this this kind of wraps up. But Kato, I guess I'm 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 curious how it how it landed with you overall. You know, so I guess I would be I could be called a Kingdom Hearts fan. So there's a little bit of that. That ending part that was uh, oh, it is fully. The t- I think the tweet I wrote was like, um, there's a, 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 a disturb something along the lines of like, there's a disturbing amount of Kingdom Hearts in the ending to Final Fantasy yeah. VII, and I find it upsetting how much it actually works. Um, like my takeaway from Final Fantasy VII remake, Kato, was hey, who, the script writer for this because Nomura gets the chief creative credit, but sure. he did he was not the. Uh, you know, hard to figure out exact, you know, delineage of like who did what work uh, necessarily in a, in a big productions like this. But there's a different like screenwriter credit. And I found the writing in this really strong in a way that I was like, give that person, make them work with Nomura on Kingdom Hearts. The people, <laughs> people spoke like humans in this game yeah. at times. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was a very Kingdom Hearts esque framing for things, but they spoke well in their, uh, in the cutscenes, and it didn't sound weird because the pacing was off. Yeah, um, there was like a huge delay. Between <laughs> yeah, sentences. between like every single <laughs> sentence. Well, they still <laughs> sentences, phrases. Yeah, <laughs> they even do. Um, you know, this is like a you know, very much for for Japanese RPGs, but there's still a lot of like mm-hmm, nod. Mm-hmm, yeah, nod, yeah. and that's here. But in Kingdom works. Hearts, it's like it's it's like nod. It's five second pause, like <laughs> nod, five second pause. And then here it, it like fits or at least it doesn't, it's not disruptive yeah. to the pacing of the, the storytelling. It flows more. Uh, I I have a lot of questions. The thing is that <laughs> I fucking, uh, it feels, here's the thing it does feel like though, is that it feels coherent even to, even though I don't know what the fuck is happening half the time and I am, mm, I'm like asking right. questions, but I'm asking questions that feel like, okay, I get that this will probably be answered later on, or if not, this is something that we're getting rid of given the that whole last section, which we can when we get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the whole bits was the whole bits was Zach. Please try to explain <laughs> right. that to me, Kato. Is that, who is that? Is that is Kato? Is that is that one of the ones? Like, who the fuck is this soldier? Is this like black haired soldier? Uh, what the fuck is this meteor? Oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Fair. It's Fair. on the cover yeah. art of the original. I get yeah. yes. I, I no. It's even. It's on the menu. The start menu of this one. So I get. I get yeah, that it's like important, art. but yeah. I don't know or, what actually. Okay, here's yeah, question. That is. Here's that is. It's in the key. It's in the logo, and it's not meant. It's no. Wow, yeah, huh. what, well, because it hasn't happened hmm. yet. That's right. The thing. Right. No, That's, I, I, I got that as much. It's like these I mean, are. Sorry, this is the threat of it hasn't even occurred yet. Right. There's a moment in Final Fantasy VII where, uh oh, meteor becomes the overarching plot at that point. That hasn't happened yet because we haven't gotten anywhere near where that happens. Um, I mean, likewise, did you? Okay, so there's that sequence towards the end of the game where they show you four clips. Um, they yep, show yeah. you. They show you Meteor hitting Shidra or hitting uh, Midgar. Uh-huh. They show you something that is like green and some, a, a piece of materia falling. Did, yeah. did you know what that was? I guessed because there were some clasped hands that uh, looked familiar uh-huh. that I've seen praying a lot during. And I know that yes. spoiler. Because everyone okay, so fucking knows yes. that spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that you. Oh, wait, have you, you mentioned we're going to spoil everything? I'm, I'm yeah, sure it's have to, the we top have to spoil everything yeah. <laughs> about this game, about probably about Final Fantasy VII. We need yeah. to be open enough to answer questions around stuff if that comes up. Um, I, and and frankly, I think that this game has told us, hey, 
Go learn everything you can about Final Fantasy VII. Uh-huh. Part of the joy will be seeing it subverted in this game and in future games. Yeah, right. I think I like. I would almost recommend that you go play. Or if I had more yes, time, go like, I would go, just VII. go play Final Fantasy VII. And then I want to do that now. <laughs> I was like, wait, because I don't think I think <laughs> they're. Oh, go ahead. I have a question, Kato. Did you feel like the first game had a good arc all into itself? Like the learning about Shinra and kind of climbing that tower and, and telling those stories and defeating them in that way. Do you feel like that was all self-contained aside from what comes after the highway scene? Right after the, yeah, I do think that that, that all of that seemed like well paced and like made sense even without the context of the, uh, which here's the thing. I do have the context for that part of it, which is right. weird. Just not anything past it <laughs> because I played was- the original through Midgar and that was okay. it um but even even then though like just like talking about like pacing and like how much information you get I feel like there was uh so much new characterization that like I think it yeah like it like came out better like there was more you it felt like because I replayed that first Midgar section right before this came out um mm-hmm. and there's very little in that in Midgar about it's only two or three hours, right? It's it was like short. seven, but okay. There's a lot more walking around and not talking to people than you. Like the 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 cut the quote unquote cut scenes are more sparse than you would imagine in seven and doing that whole like bit in seven hours. Um, it like it definitely feel like that was like the main thing that that it feels like they were trying to do is like make this, that specific section of the story uh, more impactful. Cause when I played through, mm-hmm. it was like, it moved at a clip where I was like, not super uh, invested in like understanding like what exactly was going on with Shinra in the original. It was like, you kind of got a sense of it. It's like, yeah, they're bad. There's just, don't worry, don't worry too much about it. The planet's dying. Yada, yada, yada. But you, there was just not the space, right? Because they had, however many hours after Midgar to like put on that disc, those two discs um, that the original. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Four discs. All said it was was three, 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 three. Okay. Yes. Okay. PC is four. I have it over here on my shelf actually, which is, yeah, the PlayStation one was, was three. Yeah. 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 So like you kind of understand where that happens and they probably put all that stuff later on, but here it definitely felt like I I learned more than I did playing the original. I mean, there was just to be a hundred percent clear. There was a lot of fundamentally, totally new stuff in this game mm-hmm. that they never, like the original game, doesn't ever do the thing about like someone like Jesse's dad who works for Shinra right. and gets sick working, you know, with with the the Mako reactor, right? And then has now kind of been like left to to fucking suffer and die, right? Um, right. That stuff is completely new and and does help build out Shinra as an antagonistic faction. The original, you know, does return to questions about whether at what Avalanche was doing, blah blah blah. But like Barrett gets a lot of good stuff in this game in which mm-hmm. he can he can really underscore what his political philosophy is in a way that just like did not exist in the original, which makes me very curious like about at how. All? 
Um, you know, there's like a line here or there. There's a lot of, but like stuff like the elevator speech, if you've seen that, that where, where he basically says like the first step towards, oh, you know, yeah. Like, like, yeah, a good, a good, you know, you, you can't be a good person if you ignore that you're complicit with, you know, the, the violence and oppression of the system that you're part of. It, it like, would be hard. Like there was, there was there. ideological through lines of Final Fantasy seven, but it would hard to like pin, like really pin it down. Right. And like one of the things that the remake does is like, you know, stake out much more clearly, like, you know, Tifa's, you know, uh, reluctance and like Barrett's aggressiveness. And, you know, I'll be, there are are threads that that it pulls on that in the subsequent, you know, discs of Final Fantasy VII that Mm. I'll be curious how they choose to choose to or not tackle that stuff going forward. Like, you know. Sorry, at what point in the original do they explain Barrett's backstory? Do you remember uh, later? Yeah, when you get to Golden Saucer, you get thrown out of Golden Saucer. You meet Dine. You do the whole stuff with Dine. Okay. Yeah, nothing yet. There's none of the like, what's up with Marlene? There's none of the yeah. All that stuff comes comes after this game, and they're clearly saving that for that. Um, and they've clearly they've set it up. I noticed a couple moments where they kind of foreshadow it. Yes. Yeah. There are definitely some things like that. I mean, I, I think that they do that. They do that with with a lot of stuff, just not all the stuff that I kind of wish that they did. If I have one complaint, mm-hmm. it's that like Kato, without talking about <laughs> without thinking about stuff you've read online, who is Sephiroth? Uh, uh Eve, evil sword, big sword. Big evil sword. Big Sephiroth's sword. relationship with Cloud, they, besides like homoerotic horniness. Yeah, I was gonna say they horny. I think they, they horny. horny. Um, Beyond but that. uh. I think there was something about Soldier mentioned at one point, but I could not actually. With the, I would not bet money on it. <laughs> I, I think they there was like a single line. Me too. I think that. Well, I think that the, I think that the stuff that is there works for me in the sense that I think that for me, as someone who knows who Sephiroth is, uh-huh. that stuff was like, holy shit, he showed up, and that's pretty effective. But they completely leave a void for new players as to like who this person is, why Cloud or Tifa have any relationship to him or what the right. fear is of him. And the, and the thing that's frustrating is the next scene in this game, the next scene in Final Fantasy VII is that everyone goes to an inn uh, out, you know, in a different town and Cloud is like, all right, let me catch you up about Sephiroth. Let me, <laughs> let me tell, tell you who you that motherfucker shit. is. Um, and I mean, it's such a different situation though because in the original that works and in the original you could have even, if, if it kept the pure structure of the original, and this is not me advocating for that necessarily, but it would have worked because Sephiroth only shows up for the first time at after uh, President Shinra's dead. You find President Shinra with mm-hmm. the fucking sword in his back. Sephiroth shows up, you know, is is intimidating, leaves, you break off, and everyone is like, holy shit, what the fuck is that guy? Was he on our side? What He killed President Shinra. That must mean he's good. And, Sephiroth, and then Cloud has to be like, all right, pause. Let me and Tifa <laughs> tell you about the time that Sephiroth came to our hometown, including with me as as like uh, one of his co-soldiers, and how bad it went. And my suspicion is that's where the next game begins. My, if I had to like put money on it, I think you start the next game with that flashback and you play as Sephiroth through that. You play as at least you play as Sephiroth. Maybe you play all the way as like Cloud, Zack, and Sephiroth. Um, but at least you get the flat the Sephiroth flashback. And uh, uh, and and play all that stuff out, but I would have loved a little bit more of that. Just even Cloud saying, "Yeah, Sephiroth and I used to work together," and da 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 da, would have helped so much. Um, Patrick, why do you think that they botched him? Because I, I, you know, they they've made the uh, comparison of how they handled Sephiroth in the original to Jaws, and I think they tried to make Ooh. that more explicit 
here, but I just like it doesn't even work for me as someone familiar with the original story and Sephiroth and 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 where the 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 plot and and character motivations eventually go. It just felt like right. Sephiroth is very iconic. Got to got to get that boy in here um, early because <laughs> how what is FF seven without Sephiroth? And given where they knew where you know where they were ending the story, like purely there were just wasn't that much room to insert Sephiroth, and so it just felt like ah we're not going to get to him for another five years. Like got to get him in here somewhere. And I think the his sudden appearance in the original is part of his power because it comes out of nowhere. And I think it would have been just as effective this time around to have him show up. And, you know, maybe they find a different way to, to, to handle yeah, it or whatever, I but a, I, uh, I, I, so I got very of, tired of the, the like cloud holding his head and getting psh, flashbacks psh. to things. Sephiroth showing up and being like, oh, oh, oh. like, okay, buddy. <laughs> like, Great. Wow, like that's a really good, that's yeah. The, it kind of felt like it. I was like, you're not very intimidating, dude. Like, you know, just... <laughs> Dis- disagree. I liked it. <laughs> good. Uh, I think the thing is that they use it, right? Like, the thing, the thing is that he is constantly trying to fuck up the timeline. He is, like, there to try to shove things off course and try to get into Cloud's head and, and make him do different things. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, what I don't, what I'm, you know, obviously one of the big mysteries is, like, what is the mechanism for that there? How much does Sephiroth know? Is this a Sephiroth from a different timeline? Is this a Sephiroth at all? Or is this another well, doesn't a- projection? I, it didn't, doesn't Advent Children suppose that Wait, he know? is, like, a his spirit? Like lives forever, and thus he can will himself in, into into yeah, the world but forever. It does more. the same thing with Aerith. Yes, that is a, that is absolutely true, and it also assumes that Aerith can do that, but decided not to. Uh, I was like, no, hmm. this is good actually. Um, I guess I guess part of my part of my issue with the Sephiroth stuff is also connected. As much as I like the narrative framework they took and made the, and what they make explicit by the end of how they're going to handle the, like the narrative remixing or like making this in some ways a sequel instead of um, just a straight remake is that it's like a very Nomura thing to have that um, visualized constantly by these dementors that yeah. are we, like, we like going around. <laughs> and so like that stuff really stopped working for me at a certain point. Like I love the explanation and like we can get to there and talking about mm-hmm. like how they, they achieve what their goal is for, for the, the future of this, but I didn't need to see it constantly. Like it was the lack of subtlety I think is, is connected to my issue with Sephiroth it was like, Cool, I get it. When something important is happening, these weird creatures show up over and over again to the point that I I, it was, I found it exceedingly silly, even if I fully buy into the narrative explanation that they – and it makes me excited about the, the future of, mm-hmm. of where they're going with it. I, I found like the, the actual mechanism of displaying that to be tiresome um, can, to a certain point. Can we talk about those whispers of fate a little bit? Yeah. So Austin, you had said something to me. It was ex- it was exactly the read that I'd had on them too. Uh, and uh, Patrick, you saying that they're kind of unsubtle, I think, really plays into this. Uh, my sense is I was seeing uh, so in the game for the people that haven't played it, um, these spirits show up at any point that the player would diverge from the original Final Fantasy VII canonical timeline, and they prevent it from happening. Um. And so if it, Cloud is going to not take the second job, they literally right. cause a ruckus so that he has to be in the right place. Someone gets hurt and he has to go on that job. For instance. Um, and at the end of the game, they kill Wedge seemingly because that's when he's supposed to die. 
Well, he was so he had died already in the original at that point. He right, because he died when the death. He he dies when the plate drops in the original. He okay. falls off the, that tower. So they're um, just kind of spitefully finishing him off because he's already supposed to be dead. Yes. Right. Meanwhile, yeah. they're happy to bring Barrett back to life, which well, because Barrett doesn't die. Doesn't, there. He doesn't, doesn't die, die there. there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I my also read on, question marks on Jesse on Je- on Biggs. Like, right. Uh, who knows why? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but my read on them was that it's uh, on certain on a certain level these are the representations of like angry fans, uh, like projected into the world. <laughs> old head purists, yeah, yes, uh-huh. exactly. Old head purists, like making sure that the remake is proceeding as planned. Um, it kind of once I at a certain point I kind of had that read in my brain and that I couldn't let it go throughout the rest of the game. Uh, so, watching them. And I enjoyed that. I, I enjoy sticking the eye in the old head purists or sticking a, putting a stick in the eye of the old head purists. I think that's what, I definitely think that was one read. That was the first read I had too. You and I were linked up on that. And then mm-hmm. after, after like sitting with it for a little while, I ended up having a second read. And I, I think both of these are, are, you know, uh, I don't think there's any <clears throat> evidence that one is more, more true than the other. Um, the, there's also a read that is, the whispers are the original are, are the creators of the original, including the people who've now made this game. And the party are the fans, uh, are the fans who transform a work with fan fiction, with their decide their decision to like create their own AUs, with crossovers, with like oh, but wouldn't it be cool if Aerith and Tifa were like BFFs all the time? And we're, <laughs> let's let's add that to the to the to the frame. Um, what oh, I wish Zach had lived. I would love to see a world where Zach lived. Fans do that just as much as they do the pure the purest thing, um, and I think that that tension is is probably like the most the the real accurate read here is that like whether you are the on the creative side or the fan side, you can be on both sides of that particular thing. Whether or not you want the work to remain un, uh, untouched and pure, or whether you are really invested in that sort of transformative sense of creative work, and I love that 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 is what they made the game to, to be about in a way that's well, like it's also like really a unique. Direct. The, the there aren't when remakes and reboots happen the original creators are rarely yes. involved mm-hmm. like when this happens this happens most commonly in film right this does happen in games but like you know remakes and reboots are um, really prevalent in in film and often it is the case where like you know they make a new Halloween and John Carpenter is a producer right where it's just you write a check and they get to go make it and say they've had the the, the original you know or they have uh, George Lucas come to the set of you know the there's like the Force two Awakens. conversations they look at some yeah. art or whatever they go oh yeah cool um, cool it's a good but idea it's re- you know but I'm then you hear the, how it goes. Then Bob Iger writes a story where he's like, yeah, we kind of told Lucas to fuck off and we just kind of did our own thing because he wanted like us to go inside bodies with a bit of chlorians. Like, <laughs> Listen, the give wills JJ... are not to be trifled with. <laughs> um, and so I, 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 it, it, Final Fantasy VII was in such a unique situation, which obviously there are newcomers who are working on the game purely by uh, the scope of production um, in, in 2020. But the having Nomura, who was a chief creative, um, you know, Katasi, like there are people who are foundational to Final Fantasy VII's like core elements were like are now executive level like folks that were very hands on in Final Fantasy VII. And so I often took it as like when I've seen presentations from Katasi and, and, and stuff like that in the past, it's like, well, if you're going to come back, like why not? Like what mm-hmm. would be the point of returning to just – do a high fidelity, like, and that's because that's what Square has done in the past, right? Like, one of the what's always been interesting about the evolution of video games is Square and Final Fantasy have been at the heart of technological advancement, improving, like, oh, this is how far we've come. Like, when the PS2 was first unveiled, um, one of the things they did was do the uh, 
a Squall and Renoa uh, ballroom dance sequence in real time, which had been a CG scene in PS1. When they showed off the PS3 for the first time, um, back when people thought they were going to remake Final Fantasy VII for the first time, because they did the opening Midgar sequence, um, not with, I don't know if it was with Cloud or not, but it's definitely like the pullout to, to the entirety of Midgar um, in real time on the PS3. And then they didn't do anything for, for 10 years there. And so um, it's been curious to see how Square and Final Fantasy has been, and, and the evolution of video game like graphics technology has been linked at the hip of like reproducing what we did in the past but like at a higher fidelity. And that could have been what they did with Final Fantasy VII, but instead they chose to not just expand like the storytelling in Midgar, but to essentially turn it into a Marvel what if um, in, in a way that I think is is really exciting. It's the only, it, I'd, this is the game I'd much rather play. I don't know that I would have been all that interested in a fidelity remake of Final Fantasy VII. Like I'm much more interested in like... I like think what, that what people who want that... Again, they ask questions that. about... Sure. Yeah, it's out there and it works and it looks good. Like I, there are parts of that original game that still have such a really great, distinct look that are worth like seeing in the way that it was then, just in higher definition. Mm-hmm. That port on on PS4 is like really good. You it's can on Switch too. It's on. I I, I don't know if this does the Switch version also have this the thing. It, it must. Where like you could just give yourself infinite limit breaks. You can yeah. do a speed yes. up thing. Like yeah. oh, nice. go. Go play so if you just want to go do the story of Final yes. Fantasy VII, my guess is you could probably do it in about 20 hours if you just crank if everything you, up. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and it got, the, the ending of this got me excited for the rest of the games in a way that I don't think I would have been had we just, you know, gotten out of Midgar, right? And, and like, I'm glad right. they didn't, I'm glad they didn't kill her. I'm glad. Ooh. Like, I, I'm glad that they well, chose to, like, we don't fundament, know like. Well, that's my no. Okay, so my right. prediction is they're still going to kill her. They're just yeah, going to do it in a much more gut wrenching way yes. in the third game. Yes, um, when she sacrifices herself to the planet and she transparently goes into the mist, and then you I mean, get that's all the thing, misty eyed yourself. This is like this is the thing about that 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 story is she did do that in the original. It just right. doesn't. It's not clear that this, what she's doing is letting herself die to cast holy or like is casting holy at the same. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> and and I'm curious if they just right because like the 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 story that. If you study stories, the thing that does feel like the most sense is you hit the point in the middle of the arc that's like, I guess we can't change everything or some things still have costs. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the, just because we freed ourselves from destiny doesn't mean that bad things can't happen. Like all of that stuff, the weight of that is going to hit and it's going to hit either Aerith or another main character. Yeah. It would be sick if it hit Cloud. That would be the reading <laughs> I would love is for fucking Cloud to die at the end of the second game. Fucking and for the rest of Zach. I, and frankly, then we just got Zach. And yeah. you get Zach for the finale and for the final game. Or oh, you just don't God. get that role at all because <laughs> frankly... If we can talk about the combat and the mechanics for a second. I like Cloud. Cloud was like a was like a good backbone, but he's a very distinct fighter. His counterattack stuff is cool as shit, and I like that there was that great Rufus fight because it was built around really mastering that stuff. Same with the Sephiroth one. The, I, yeah. Those, sure, those, yeah. yeah. Yes. The Sephiroth and the um, the Rufus fights felt um, like more of what uh, the um, the Star Wars game whose name I'm uh, now blanking on uh, Fallen Order Fallen yeah. Order like, I felt like I was playing more of a Star Wars game in those like what they were going for yeah. in those sequences which is just lining up with somebody like yeah. the, the Rufus one is so great where it's so they fucking pun- they- good Fucking, you hit more than three times. This this asshole is gonna throw you to the side and shotgun you to the shot, face. Yeah. And it's not a ton uh, of damage. It's just like enough to punish you uh-huh. and make it. you start paying attention. Like those, you know, I um 
I remember messaging you, Austin, and being, you know, when I was hitting the, you know, the Shinra, uh, enter the Shinra uh, court part of the game, I was like, man, I like playing this game two, like, two characters and um, instead of three. Like, three is fine, but I always feel like you end up ignoring one person and just hoping they just do their own thing mm-hmm. and you focus on the two you really like. So I really enjoyed the parts of the end game that, like, split people up because it allowed you to, for that to, 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 Those to are really tough be focused fights. on. That, some They're of the really stuff with, like, Aerith and Tifa is, like, whew, like, these are tough fucking fights because I don't have that third. I don't have – those two characters never worked together previously, just the two of them, right? Mm. And so you kind of have built strategies for, for Cloud and Aerith, Cloud and Tifa, Cloud and Barrett, you know, Aerith and Barrett or whatever. But, but the scene right. with just those two together is like, all right, I have to – I don't have anyone who can just kind of tank. Tifa is a damaged machine uh, oh, but, like, so cannot good. be your primary damage taker in that way. And so, like when those dogs come out, it's a rough fucking fight. I love that stuff. <laughs> anyway, you were you saying in, in general the end of that, that the end of that sequence. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, all, all that stuff really ended up working for me quite a bit. Sorry, God, you had something else there too. Oh, just that they put you in that Hojo's lab sequence. They yeah. repeatedly put you in closed quarters where you're getting staggered over and over again. Yeah. Right, you've really got to think about your your team comp in a way that you haven't before. Totally. Hey, I, do we think? Do we think he? He's aware of everything that's happening. That seems to be the implication, right? Like, Hojo? No. Hojo. Hojo. I think he's a mm, I don't think he's aware of the timeline shit. I think he's aware of everything else cuz that's how kind of how he is. He's like Yeah. His whole thing is like he's the one who he's the one who puts Sephiroth into the world, right? He's the one who right, put Right. But I don't know that he's Maybe he's caught on. Maybe he's like, hmm, I see there's stuff is fluctuating in a weird it's way. Just, the, amount, the amount of maniacal laughs they give him seem like it goes beyond just like the, yeah. you know, it's typical mad hey, scientist. Here's a question. Here's a question. Is it fucking weird to anyone else that's like, at the time when this game came out, I was like, this is the most original shit I've ever seen. But now that we've watched Ava last year, and I, uh-huh. I it's like, oh, right. This is just, Hojo is just a Gendo. That's all he is. He's just a, and that had come out just before this. And it hit Japan in a big way. So it's like, oh, yeah, they're kind of just aping Ava mm-hmm. in a couple of these big ways, uh, which is very funny. Um, do you think Aerith knows? This is my one of my big uh, yeah. fi- final bits is like as you go into that, as the portal stuff happens, but even before that, throughout the game, there are these moments when Aerith kneels down and whispers something to Marlene and it gets like staticky Static. and you don't know what the fuck she says. What she, one, what did she say? Two, does she, does she know more than she's letting on about what's happening in this grand, larger, like, thing? Uh, and also, I think Red 13 has definitely seems to know a little bit more than what he has said. But, but especially mm-hmm. with Aerith, I'm curious if y'all, if, if y'all trust her, if y'all believe that she's <laughs> holding back something. I think she's like, 100% holding back. She knows. Yeah, the, the story wants you to think, like, the, the way she's playing it is that, oh, at the end of this game... We're all free, and we don't we don't know what comes next. But yeah, my guess is, I'd be with Galt that she, even if that's what like how she wants what's wants the party to think that yeah she she knows at least more of the because she, I mean because she says the larger threat right and it's like that's right. got to be more than just you know if for, if you're thinking of Final Fantasy VII and the arc of the story it's like oh right it's the meteor and Sephiroth but really it's like <laughs> part two will probably tease out a lot more about um you know these time. Like the time travel shenanigans may also be what allows them to get around the difficulty of creating a giant overworld, which they're just clearly not going 
to do. Um, I just don't. Ex- I expect that you'll get like a ship and be able to go around, but stuff like that is going to narratively just give them a chance to like manage the scope of the game in yeah. a way to make it. Like I expect, I expect the Golden Saucer to be like a huge fucking hub area in in the sequel. But I feel like they tease the overworld at the end of the game, right? They tease that they're like, going on. They're going to continue going on that adventure. I mean, that's again is how Midgar ends. Is they kind of all step out onto the, the kind of step outside mm-hmm. of Midgar and go like, "All right, here we go." Um, I, there's I, that I, great I saw, Aerith line, right, about how she's like misses the steel sky, and like you're right, yeah. that to me suggests a sort of openness because the openness is supposed to be kind of threatening to her. But it's very easy for me to imagine. This is a very linear game. Mm-hmm. For all of the fucking complaints years ago about how Final Fantasy XIII was linear and everyone hated it, this game is like, it, with you know, there are obviously those hubs that you get every, you know, four chapters or whatever that are like, oh, okay, there's side stuff to go do and run around. Like, and those, are just, those, are ju- those are just alleyways to run down. Uh, totally. <laughs> but, it, uh, but this game otherwise is very linear, and it's, um, it's possible that the sequel will be similar, where what you get is... You know, you're in Calm, and then Calm is one of the towns, uh, and and you just pick up there. And then when you leave Calm, it's like a cutscene or a mini game of you moving across the map or across the world, being chased. And then you end up in the Golden Saucer. You end up in in Nibelheim. That's what that's what I expect. I do not think you're going to get pull out to. I don't think I'm going to be large overview. I don't think I'm going to be able to, or 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 it'll be a thing where you get to choose a destination on literally a map and then travel there. But I don't know that you're going to get like. The big open plains. I think you will. I think hmm. they. I think they're going to do it. And I there because because there's like a structure to what I'll call like classic Final Fantasy, like seven and before. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. just seven and six, where you, like you you begin in a linear mode. It opens out into a big open world. At some point, the bad guy wins and changes the nature of that open world. Right. Um, and then you exist in that. Which, by the way, I don't know if anyone has anyone talked to you about this, Patrick. You've told mm-hmm. you you've gotten to the final boss of Final Fantasy VI story before on this podcast. Yep. It, you didn't get to the final boss, we don't think. You got In to six? The, yeah. No, I got to the final area, and I never, okay, I never do you proceeded. Know, do you, you know the twist at the end of or the not the yeah, end I've of Final s- Fantasy? I, six. I've since read the the like the how six wraps up. Okay, yeah. but there's like a like, whole other act of that game after the big what seems to be the final fight. Anyway, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. you should go play Final Fantasy VI. This is the thing <laughs> you should do play. while you're while you're you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you have a ton of free time right now, right? You're just not well, doing anything. <laughs> Basically, uh, you're just you're just kind of lounging. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you you nailed it. I hide <laughs> under a blanket until my daughter finds me, and then she goes, "Let's play." And I go, "I, I love playing." <laughs> and you should say, "You're right. Let's play Final Fantasy no, VI. <laughs> One of the greatest stories ever told." <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> She, uh, you, so you, get, you get to suplex a fucking train in this game. Let's go. Let me tell you about ninja magic. Ghost um, train. <laughs> anyway, anyway. They anyway, had to put a ghost yeah. train in this one, too. So, I, I mean, like, they you know, did, a little they, bit of Final Fantasy VI. They did an open, a big open world with 15. It had mixed results. It's not like that. You're right. They, they could do it again. Um, but I, but I, my suspicion is if they want to turn this thing around quickly, th- and maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe Final Fantasy VII Rebirth or Reunion or whatever the next one is, <laughs> is... <laughs> Seven, seven years away or something, but my guess I don't is it's think two so. years away. Yeah, and to my, do that, they have to be really restrained and and you know subdued in, in terms of what the structure is. I will see. I don't know. It'd be nice if there were slightly. It, I don't think you have to go all open world to like meet like meet what Galt wants and what I expect them to do halfway. Like just if there were just like a little more space to play in and run around. Mm. Really, honestly, one of the things that bothered me about um, this one was the. 
I liked the combat, and there were times where I just wanted to just go, like, grind some materia. And, like, this game doesn't provide you with easy opportunities to just go fuck around. And, like, I'm going to mess with, like, a different... Like, there are very few scenarios where it's, like, you have all the characters. And, like, do you want to just, like, do a different, like... Just go screw around with like what it's like to play with two characters. One, yeah. like I just wish there were more opportunities to engage. Right? Yeah, and um, it's like now post game, like I'm good. Like I'm gonna go play Gears Tactics tomorrow. Yeah. Like I don't have an interest in like spending more a lot more time in that world. Um, and I wish I'd been given more latitude outside of like a battle simulator. Um, in but even the battle simulator sequence you get within Shinra, you're you're stuck with the party that you have until you do, um post-game stuff. So, uh, yeah, I would I, I would like there to be more opportunities for for that in, in the sequel because I really, really liked the combat. I want the next Kingdom Hearts to just steal it. Oh, so take good. the ATB, Take Please. the ATB stuff. Like, that would be fine, too. I, I think it works exceptionally well. It feels... Like, when I watch people play Kingdom Hearts, I... I... I when I and then when I play Final Fantasy VII, like I want to be doing what I want, see people doing in Kingdom Hearts, like high level play. And Final Fantasy VII makes me feel like I'm doing it, um, while also matching. It matches the flashy nature with like the cerebral stuff that I enjoy of of you know of what uh, Final Fantasy VII remakes uh, combat um, was because I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um. The, I'm curious, real quick, what everyone's favorite uh, fight was. Now that we're talking about the combat system. Hmm. Uh, I also want to know I, least favorite fight. It's Ooh. so it's funny. I um the, the Hell House uh, fight, which I know is a controversial <laughs> flashpoint for a lot of people, I and love I think the fight. it's the we, fight rules. I, yeah, so the fight I, rules. I I I had my problems with it in the moment, and have grown to appreciate it um more in retrospect. I think my my issues with it are communication of like what's going on and there are things that feel obtuse in ways that I think there could have been more visual language to explain to the player, hey, there are actually more things you can be doing to just straight up prevent the house from doing the stuff that's fucking you up. Like there's a <laughs> there's a particular fight um, towards the end where you're fighting like some big tanker and I think it's with Cloud and Barrett and Aerith and um, it's on like an elemental like switch. So it's like you like, can hit it with lightning to weaken it um, so that you can hit, and when you do that, you can then hit the wheels individually mm-hmm. to start like um, uh, crushing different parts of the body. And then when it switches, it switches to a new elemental, and you got to figure out which one it's weak to. So, like, I loved all of those fights that forced you to actually engage with different materia systems and like looking at the visual language of the enemy and having all of that work in concert with one another. I about post Hellhouse, Hellhouse is the only fight I had any meaningful trouble with i think i maybe died once or twice after that um maybe part of that is because i just really like character action games and so there was just a baseline familiarity that allowed me to like kind of cruise through the rest of the game but the ones that i found the most enjoyable was when like i when i go into i I wanted i wanted to go into a fight realize oh i'm i'm so poorly equipped like i I can't have fire on everyone let me go out Mm -hmm. and do something else and there just weren't enough times that I found for me that I was forced to do that. I was often able to just like find my way uh, through it. And and I wish there were a couple more times that it kind of punted me out. Maybe that would have happened on hard. And I mentioned to Austin when I was playing, I kind of wish I could just play on hard right now, but you can't do it till you beat the game. And now that I've beaten the game, like I'm just not that interested in in, in rotating through it. But what, what are the other fights that people uh, liked? 
I'll say one I didn't love, and this is not like because it was too hard. This is I didn't love the Reno and Rude fight at the at the plate because mm. it just wasn't very flavorful. Um, uh, it it felt like just relitigating that those fights I'd already had, and having both of them on at the same time didn't really change the dynamic up for me. I was able to just kind of whittle one down quickly and then switch and fight the other one. Um, uh, and that that is like not what I want from it. Um, I'd say in terms of, I already said Rufus is probably my favorite one, but if I have to have a second favorite one in terms of just like game flow and hitting like the game coming into gear, it was probably the Airbuster fight at the end of the second reactor, which is the first oh time God. the game pushed me. I was like, okay, yeah. whoa, okay, 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 uh, I see. Um, and that was really fun. So those are, th- that's definitely the one that, and also the, the, the gimmick of like, you're choosing, you're building your own boss in a sense in that fight was really cool. Yeah. I, and the stagger system is great. I love the stagger system. It's just a really satisfying when you fuck something up. Yeah. I hated, I, or I, I hated any time I had to fight ghosts. Oh, I hate, yeah. I, I hated fighting ghosts. But I did love the boss at the end of that sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the one? most dark, the most Dark Souls boss the, the, in the entire yeah. chariot one, or the, the chariot, the chariot yes, one, not yeah. not the awful ghost before that, yeah. um, <laughs> the rejected, the rejected Bloodborne DLC boss, right? Um, the yes, chariot, the chariot uh, was really one of the first bosses that taught me that it really drove home for me, like how much placement within the map matter, and like your distance to the mob matters. Um, I enjoyed that, like bringing off his wheels, very Dark Soulsy mm-hmm. boss. Right. I'll say really quick re regarding Elagor, um, one of my favorite things about this game is that basically everything from the original game is in this game in terms of enemy design and stuff. Mm. So like the original Elagor just looks like this. I just linked a, a picture and like they went from that to this incredible Bloodborne. Oh my God. Boss. That's in, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Look up, Patrick, if you get a chance, you should just look up all the Final Fantasy seven like enemies because everything that big, weird sword of thing that flies around is in that game. Yep. Originally those dudes who teleport from like, um, one spot on the ground to another one is in the game originally. And they look way different because you're working on like a very low poly character design. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, Kato, do you want to give us uh, your, your answer real quick? Uh, I was just going to say, I actually kind of enjoyed the ghosts because the, of the, of the trick you can do with healing stuff, mm. which is a silly thing to like enjoy, but it's, Wait, if you can, if you can, what is that? If you cast cure you on them, cast, then it hurts them. You can cast cure and hurts. Uh, you can cast. Mm. You can use potions. Revive. Like you can just use yeah, items. Potions. Potions oh, are like cool. grenades. Yeah, it's great. Right. It's fucking. It's it's great because you're, you're like, they're like disappearing or like putting on those weird. They had like a barrier sometimes, and it's just like fuck you potion, <laughs> which was I thought pretty pretty funny and like the only time I had to go outside of my abilities to like deal with something, um, but um, I think. Um. Oh God, I lost it. I had it. Uh, um, the how uh, we can we can come back to me. All right, point. sounds yeah, good. Sorry. That's, yeah, if you remember, so I know you have to get out of here. But do you have any? Uh, do you have any final thoughts before you before you bounce? Yes, uh, and I'll leave you with uh, a talking point. Um, I thought this. I thought this remake was incredible. I thought the ending was absolutely amazing and exactly what a franchise like this needs to get to get going and to keep the people who made it originally you know interested and to keep old 
old old heads that are open to change like us <laughs> interested again and talking and i don't think we would be talking about it in the way that we're talking about it and going to be talking about it for the next several years until the next one comes out if they hadn't done the weird time shifting alternate universe stuff that they had and on that note uh, i want to bring up the dog on the food packaging oh sure at the very the end yeah uh and how it's different. It's different. Um, different dog. But hashtag diff- not my stamp. <laughs> hashtag not my stamp. But I but I've got to go. Thank you all for having me on the pod. Always an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us Thanks. as always. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, the dog is different. The dog is different. I don't know where's that. I don't know if that's a different world. I don't know if that's because. Wait, what? Can you explain? A bit? Right. Can we back up here? There yeah. is. It is so fucking funny to me that this is like. <laughs> I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a screenshot. Give me a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me just let me pull it up for you. So okay. So you get to the end of that game. You get towards the end of the game, and the first Zach scene plays, and it's Zach who is the soldier with black hair traveling through the desert with Cloud. Right, uh, Kato. You know nothing about this character, right? Nope. I was like, who's this motherfucker? Who's this black haired cloud? Is this just cloud? Is this just cloud? Does cloud actually just have black hair? What happened? Did he dye his hair and he goes super sad? He looked cooler. This looks like a cooler version. This guy looks cool as shit. To be fair, I don't want to get a beer with cloud. I want to get a beer with Zach. You know who else does? Cloud. And that's why cloud looks like that. Um,. The so then you go you do all the fight stuff and you fight the whispers which by the way did that, did y'all catch the descriptions of the whispers the the final three whisper things like and how they are probably Cloud uh, Tifa and Barrett yeah they're like future in like yeah uh, it's an entity thing, an entity thing from the future in, like in, enchanted now or yeah something it's an like entity that. from the future timeline that has manifested in the present day it fights barehanded to protect the future that gave shape to it and it's like a very like oh is that Tifa that's, that's probably Tifa, Tifa. that's Tifa um, <laughs> also uh, the, the, the like the the little glimpse you get of uh, Red Thirteen that's just that's the epilogue right that is just from right so like FF Seven I'm gonna talk about the end of Final Fantasy Seven for a second uh, yeah. regarding that. Uh, yeah, Kata, what's up? What's up with that meteor? What happens? So the meteor, the meteor hits. We don't need to get into that part. Okay. Yeah, the meteor, the meteor. But like that's what that. Uh, well, clip I guess is. If, those clips yes. are the meteor hitting, Aerith dying, Red, and at the end of Final Fantasy VII, running through the wilderness with with like younglings, basically. Yeah, that was a small a, a, one. The right? next generation. Yeah, the next generation of of uh, his people. 
um, uh, non. Well, because FF seven FF seven ends with like the world being destroyed. But it's then not clear, cuts to, right? That's the thing about it's, like, well, it's not clear. It's Advent implica- Children. The thing about like that whole them, that's like, true. They're like, that's oh, true. we want to. Well, fuck Advent. That's children. my point. My point is fuck Advent <laughs> Children. My point is the game ends with vagueness. You don't know if you won or not at the end of Final Fantasy seven. You don't know. You just if, know that life goes on. Right, life goes on. You don't know if you're alive. You don't know if any humans are left anywhere. <laughs> and that's this really like fascinating thing. And then like they're like, well, wait, let's turn it into a franchise. Let's do. Let's like do the MCU before the MCU, um, and so and so that is like that stuff. But but beyond that, there's the stuff with Zach. And so the two things that you end up seeing with Zach are, you see that he like like you know fights against a bunch of soldiers or not not soldiers Shinra like guards uh, <laughs> because I don't want to say the word soldier here. Um, but you also see. A bag that a bag of chips fly past him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it has Stamp on it. And you might remember Stamp is the dog from uh, earlier in the game when you're in the sewers or like the tunnels. Um, it's in the uh, like, that is train the when you're on the train tracks and then you move to like some uh, hanging areas. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I'll follow his nose and he'll take you where to go or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fucking I just had it and I oh here it is here it is here it is. At the end of the game, when that bag flies past you, thank you to IGN for having this exact clip for me. You get this. You get the shot on the right, and it is a different stamp. There's a bag of chips, which is where stamp comes from. But instead of being the beagle with the helmet, it's like a. Mm. It's a. What I don't know. The terrier with a hat. Sure. Um, and it's like, well, okay, wait, is this a different stamp? If this is a different stamp, does that mean that you didn't save Zach in this world? But you saved Zach in a different world because originally what happens is Zach gets murked. Zach and Cloud are coming to town. Zach gets just just killed. Cloud lives, makes it to Midgar, becomes a mercenary, meets which Aerith. is part of Crisis Core, right? Like Crisis Core is a prequel to Crisis Core uh, is like Zach's whole is where Zach and yeah. and uh, and Cloud meet for the first time. Good game. Like I find this. I'm mad I never Core. played it. I hear it's, it's good. It was at a great at a great combat system. So um, I heard. Um, and it's all about the soldiers. Like it's all about that. It's all about the crew that Zach is from, um, and that like Cloud worked with in in, in a capacity. Um, and uh, in in in, I mean, even in Final Fantasy VII, this thing happens, right? There is a you can learn about how Cloud and Zach came to Midgar. And I, I don't have to get into the specifics because this will probably be the focus of the next game. And if you're someone who's listening to this, I'd like to hold some of the like interpersonal mystery back because that to me is like the heart of the game more than mm-hmm. the, the meta plot that we're talking about. Um, and that is a huge change. The idea that Zach lives, the fact that Zach dies is the cornerstone of like is one of the core catalysts for both for both Cloud and Aerith, um, who refers to Zach throughout this game. Uh, did you catch that part, Kato? That that do you? Because they hinted this the whole way through the game that Aerith had an ex boyfriend. Right. That that is that is that Zach. is Zach. Oh, okay. Which is yes. why she's like, you remind me of someone all the time. That makes sense. Um, Wait, it's, it's, mm. it's why there's that moment when she she says the name and it bla- and it like gets again yeah, static out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, there are other reasons for that that I'm not going to talk about. Um, question. But, Yes, unless you ask a question, in which case I'm going to answer it. Are no, this is related to that scene at the end, though, where you see Zach and Cloud. Yes. Um, are there two clouds now? Good. Well, so this is the question: is like, did they leave a world and enter a new one? 
that is my read. My read is right? my gut is that they left a world behind and made it such that Zach and Cla- Zach lived in that world. And so they've like created there are there three timelines. And, and, and is the end of all of this of like part three or however far long they go is going to be like right glimpses into all the different timelines right. and then <laughs> some sort of reconciling of like, you know what? They're, they're true. They're all true. You know, <laughs> you get a, Han Solo, Han get Solo a party. It happened. All, it's true. All of it. All of it um, yeah. Like the FF7 you experienced in, in, you know, in the 90s is just as true as the FF7 you experienced in the 2000s. There's and always a cloud. There's like always that, a buster sword. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Totally. Well, like, like, is there a world in which what we learn in the next game is that this isn't the this isn't the Aerith of our world. The Aerith of this world was killed, and the the this Aerith is. Uh, from a different universe, and that's why she knows about the the weirdness. Do in the all Aerith communicate with all with other Aerith at a certain right. point. They can. Is it, they, is it a, the, an Ur Aerith? Um, uh, I brought this up on the Abnormal Mapper podcast, but a thing that struck me this game that uh, hit me was so Cloud's name is Cloud. Is Aerith just mm-hmm. Earth? Is that the bit? Mm-hmm. Is it supposed to be Earth? I mean, Earth, it's like a Earth. play on Earth, like Earth and clouds. <sighs> anyway. Damn it. Anyway, <laughs> maybe it's nothing. Maybe I'm just making it up. Robbie, what, or air. What uh, what's, her, what's, I mean, what's like the direct translation in Japanese? I don't, I don't fucking know. It's uh, er, it's Erisu, which is which is why it got translated as Eris back in the Eris, day yeah. um, instead of Aerith. Um, but then they officially decided it was. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It's it's Erisu Gainsborough. Which is which is a great name, Aerith Gainsborough. All time good. All these characters have great fucking names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm gonna just look at some questions real quick because we, we sure. put them off, and I know your time is limited, Patrick. So no one is. They, they went for a walk. They're still Hell in that yeah. walk. Nice. When I come back from that walk is probably the girl get knocked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Sylvan writes in and says. Uh, what do y'all think the valuable additions were when it came to the side stories? I felt like they often seemed like distractions from the emotional beats that came before or after them in the original. Do you think it's even possible to add in new content to a pre-existing story like this and not have it be a distraction? What the fuck was up with that cat she scene? Hold on to that anger, Sylvan. Wait, the what scene? Uh-huh. Do you remember when the, when the plate dropped and then you got a cutaway to a weird... Cat. The cat with the crown. Who's that? I want to meet that person. Yeah. Kate, Kate Sith, Kate as, Sith, as I call yes. them. So that's what we all called them. We all said Kate Sith. <laughs> you, put, you put it. You put an I in there, and look, yep. I'm gonna say Kate. You're certainly not gonna say cat she. No, cat that's, she. That's how you it's, say it's. It's. it's uh, what I want to say that it is. Um, <laughs> I believe we went. We went over this. Celtic? I think like when this it's game Celtic. was Celtic. Yes, it's Celtic. And this game was unveiled, and we were. I was like, I'm, come on, mm-hmm. Kate, very, Kate Sith, Mako, Mako. Mm-hmm. Don't look up Kachi. Such a such a cool character. You should not look up Kachi. I'm not. Stuff. I'm not. I've stopped because uh, there's like good, interesting twist stuff there. Uh, <laughs> but cool I saw the cat with the crown. Cool. I was like, Who the fuck is this? Yeah. Why are they mad? And Vincent's why aren't they be, my friend? <laughs> 2022 Vincent is going to be a whole other energy, Patrick. We've oh like, my god, he is going to be so hot. He's going to be people so are going people to gonna lose their shit. You are going to want to fuck Vincent so hard. <laughs> I am. I am sure of it. Absolutely. Um, anyway, 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 the, the question is basically, hey, do you think adding the side content, like, added anything? Did it, or is there anything that comes comes across that you liked from those side stories? Uh, no. I like the Angel of the Slum no. stuff. I like that stuff. That's fine. Yes. I, like, I, 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 yes. Bro- I say broadly mean, no, with, like, some rare exceptions. I like mean, the kids. I like hanging out with those guys. I like the kids who all get those fake buster swords. That's cute. 
do they, do they wait? Do they mean literally like side missions? Or I I read I, the, when you were reading that question mm. out, I, I understood that as like the Jesse section. Oh, I, then absolutely. I think the Jesse section slaps. I think that the right. stuff with that I biker think they rules. Me- <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not like it is transformative. I, I mean, I think the Jesse stuff is actually pretty important in terms right. of changing the structure of this game and giving you a reason to care about those characters and another perspective on Shinra and what it means to live on top of the plate instead of below it. Right. Important. What were you going to say, Patrick? Sorry. Uh, yeah, I feel like their question specifically meant uh, the side quest, but I, I think the the, the like the, ta- the question they add at the end can be interpreted to, to be what Kato meant, yeah. to be more broader about like what does it mean to add... Um, you know, stuff to an existing world. I, I do think that, like, the Angel of the Slums is probably the strongest of the side quests, but I will say broadly I was disappointed. I, I think they could have done a lot more mm-hmm. with that stuff. It did feel a lot more like busy work in which I kept doing them think like doing them thinking there'll be a little bit more here, and often there wasn't. Thankfully, the combat is so strong that it, it often didn't... I was like, just happy to go do another thing and maybe fight some some boss like yeah. that was enough for me but i i do think it was a missed opportunity and like this is what i meant by um like the lack of voice memos or like diary i stuff. really that, here's the th- thing those, i don't like i don't like walking through town and having everyone just yammer constantly <laughs> i would rather almost all i don't know if i would rather have to sit and talk to each person because if i did that and it was the same dialogue i'd be like this isn't worth my time i'm gonna ignore this but i don't couldn't they have done both though right Probably. like couldn't you have had that mmo scroll but then have certain characters that you could go have did slightly a conversation more with? D- yeah yeah did you it, all, it just doesn't work for me did y'all ever get that thing where they load in all at once after like yeah. a uh-huh. beat and then you have a million people talking all <laughs> at the same <laughs> time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, uh, but, I, but I do – okay, so here's examples of stuff that I think works for me in the broader sense of new stuff uh, is another thing that we haven't talked about is the Wu-Tai stuff, which in the mm. original is is maybe you hear the word Wu-Tai once or twice early on, but here they hammer that shit hard. The association they're trying to build between Avalanche and Wu-Tai is very high um, and, and trying to basically – that's the other – that's also all new. The idea that like – in this part of the game, that there's another avalanche out there that you are a, like a breakaway sect from is all new, and all that stuff Wait, works for me. Is a hundred percent? Yes, a hundred percent. I could have sworn. Yeah, remember when you go? I could have sworn to like that. That in the original, you still were a cell of avalanche. You, you just you never a, really the, saw. No, okay, yeah, okay, but the idea that Barrett's cell has broken away is completely... And that you're extremists. Like, you're, yes. you're considered to be radicals within a, an existing and it's radical even, this organization. This is even diff- <laughs> distinct from the side material of Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. uh, in which it was the opposite, in which the radical cell was the cell... The, like, the more violent cell was the the other avalanche, and right. you were the cell who was, like, not trying to blow up the world. Um, because there was another, the other cell was the cell that was like, we're going to fucking destroy everything and start fresh. And you were like, no, I think we could just blow up these reactors. <laughs> I thought you avalanche was like that. And that's in like side novels and side stories and stuff oh, okay. that came out well after Final Fantasy seven. But in the original avalanche, your avalanche is not like a more radical, more revolutionary side group. And the, and the original, the original avalanche doesn't show up twice in Midgar right. to save the day, which is really interesting. Um, and, and distinct. I wish there was a little more of that. Me like too. I, 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 I would have I liked knowing uh, the wrinkle of like you know because they, they established Barrett as you know being like singularly focused on saving the planet at all costs and that the collateral damage is worth it for you know the the eventual goal of of saving the planet 
Um, and they, they certainly like hone in on that here and like putting that in the larger structure of, well, actually there are, it's not just Tifa who thinks that maybe Barrett is too singularly focused, but actually like within the organization, he is also seen as, as an outlier. I wish there had been more voice given to that side. Like I wish there had been some sort of sequence that wasn't just other parts of Avalanche coming to either save the day or to, to it, that intersects with, um, uh, uh Barrett cell, um, but that you actually spent time with that group because like the dynamic of Tifa and uh, Barrett was, is one of my favorite parts of the expanded like dialogue in this is, is giving rise to these competing viewpoints, even if they have overlapping uh, objectives. And I would have liked to have seen a little bit more time spent with like the ideological splits within avalanche. Like I expect that stuff to go away now that we're, Oh, I see. I think it's going to, I think they're going to develop it further because of how hard they, I I hope that's true. I'd like, I'd like to be wrong. I worry I, I wonder how much that stuff gets lost in pursuit of the meteor and Sephiroth and the the winds of fate. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would hate if like part of what I think what makes this like this game work and part of what like constrains like brings out the best parts of Nomura is like the constraints of it in a remake in which like you're working within an established play box. And I guess I'm just curious how much they go outside, how much they choose to go outside of that. Um because they don't want to deal with that. But then again, they doubled down on the radicalism of FF7 totally. in, in a way yeah. here that I thought they would sanitize. And um, I, I think our initial fears of the demo were, I understood those concerns, but I think Kato and I were both on the side of like, well, maybe I don't think it's as sanded as, as, it, as it could be. And maybe people still have legitimate criticisms of the, the politics of, of Avalanche or, or Barrett, but... I don't think you can. I don't think you can credibly well, make I the think argument. The, con- that like- the, the context ends up being that that is a specific Jesse worry, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. they, and they let uh, Barrett be right. the I, revolutionary. If the demo had that- gone, if the demo had gone five minutes later, and you got Barrett being <laughs> right. like, "Listen, motherfuckers, yeah, <laughs> this is real shit," uh-huh. you would have, you would have had. There would have been the, the space for it, right? Right. Um, and that would have been, and that would have you. I think all the response immediately would be like, "Okay, okay." They're, what they're doing is giving foils for Barrett to be able to restate the thesis, uh-huh. um, right. which is great. Though I'll say real quick, the reason I do think that they're going to keep on the avalanche big picture stuff not is not only that they that they tease that stuff, but the degree to which they've reframed the Wu Tai stuff. And the original Wutai was the was the nation that had already basically acquiesced to Shinra uh, and had been the last big holdout nation state that said, hey, don't come build reactors here. And they'd been beaten. They'd been beaten. The, the reactors were in place. It was done. Here, there's this whole like... Uh, you know, 9-11 Bush... Like, 9-11 was an inside job uh, vibe uh-huh. <laughs> of them trying to drum up a reason to redeclare war against Wutai. They're trying again to, like position Wutai as an, an uh, aggressor so that they can go to war, Shinra can go to war with with Wutai with popular support. And that seems like it's going to be, a. it, it seems like that's going to be in the sequel because of how much they're hammering it right. here in a way that they didn't in the original. They could have easily yeah, just completely true. left it out. But the idea that they're like, Avalanche is tied to Wutai over and over and over again, it feels like they're prepping for for a big Wutai thing, and Avalanche feels like it'll get caught up in that. Um, my question is like, is Avalanche is Avalanche just connected to Wutai? But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs in the community. Like, <laughs> is is Avalanche just an extension of Wutai? Is Big Avalanche really just that? Right. We'll see. Because they um, do mention question. that, or don't they mention at some point that Avalanche is that the big Avalanche is basically a PMC at this point? 
Like they're oh, just kind of out for hire. Really yeah, good. very early on. God. They're like the original Avalanche is just kind of like, you know, they look for jobs and stuff, but like they're they've lost their their radical they're like very yeah right, when right, when you meet them right. at the or when you first see them at the what's it called when you're fighting the motorcycle when you're picking guy. up the right yes 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 yeah. that's good um, um uh, Mello writes in Mello uh, of Waypoint Moderation Team and also of making cool beats and music yeah and albums uh uh Mello that Mello writes in and says a mechanical question assuming follow ups to this game are happening. Do you think the developers are planning to allow players to have a continuous playthrough of every title in the Final Fantasy VII Remake series with rollover of things you gained in the previous titles? I would, I've thought about this a I lot. I would personally like to start back up with everything I had and play the second game at like an effective disc two, but I can't see the subsequent games being released without an option to start in the middle of the story. Would a solution for this be to give returning players bonuses at different tiers depending on how deeply they played? Will the direction of the mm-hmm. next game be so different that a fresh start is justified? And uh, and and all of this is irrelevant. I mean, what would you prefer they do? They have already given themselves an out, which is like, yo, you went through a yeah. portal. <laughs> That's you, what you I was literally going to say. Like, you're in a different oh, world. Back to power level zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, uh, uh, I would, I would, I would love some sort of reward for like a save game reward, like give you know some sort of connective tissue, mm-hmm. I guess, um, in the way that there's a disc one and disc two, but just the nature of the fact that it, optimistically this comes out in two years. Like realistically, it comes out in in three years. Um, uh, it's just hard to imagine that. Like, cool, you can just have Thundaga like right at the yeah. begin. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know how mechanically they handle th- that. Given, but if it, it's not going to be a game that requires you to have played the first, they're going to let new players just jump into the second mm-hmm. one. What if there's um, like a baseline? new player one that is leveled up more than like a level zero final fantasy seven character but if you played you you're gonna be better off because you've you know gathered more stuff and got your like builds all set up and stuff like that right like there could be like a baseline like here's a the level 30 character my cloud is level 35 though because i did all the side quests so that's the like extra you get to carry over right or something i don't know like that's the yeah. one way I could see them doing a, a transfer situation is like have a base have a baseline that is a leveled up character of some sort and like all the materia are like level two maybe, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. My um, my question is like about the sequel is but part of this and I think it connects to this is like who do you recruit in the next game? Who do you get to play as in the next game? Because each of those characters will have to be as developed as these four are in terms right. of having their own unique sub abilities, having their own special abilities. Well, presuming it's not just a red situation, right? In which um, I hope, I, dude, if they they have to, I don't. I'm not saying they'll do that, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't know that I. I would wish presume I could have played as red. Every character that was, uh, and I bet you will be able to, <laughs> but I don't know that I would presume that every character. Will meet it. like I think there will be red situations in yes, the sequel. I think that's in which true. There are characters who are introduced. Um, like it just it wouldn't have made that much sense to like for them to spend the time to make no red totally playable. totally. Like, yeah. I ma- it made sense for like how they handled it, but it will make sense that red is playable in the sequel. I guess the question I have is: Are like they were very specific in this game of keeping you in in tiny parties. You never had a situation where hey, you have four characters you're just going to you're just not going to have one of them fighting cuz the game tried yeah. to like to tie in the narrative components with the the, the characters who were present yeah. and i liked that part of it like it allowed them to do things like 
split up uh, characters into groups of two, which RPGs have done plenty of times in the past. You know, the, the famous Final Fantasy VI, which I never finished. Yes. The end of that game is going to this, you know, floating area where you split into groups. Like, that happens all the time, but it's arbitrary, right? And, and, and I liked, actually, in this game that they made conscious narrative choices based around the party splits. Um, it honestly forced you to do something like, you know, Aerith and, um, and Tifa. I don't know that I would have paired those two together mechanically and I like the fact that the game put me outside of my comfort zone right. and, and had me doing that so I'll be Let's, curious how but then you think about like a Vincent and like how or like a Yuffie who would be like a super fast yeah. agile like there there will be are characters who are going to be really fun mechanically based on what the, the foundation I just am so curious how broad they're going to go or if the I don't the linearity will probably let them yeah that's what my suspicion is yeah I think we'll probably end up still getting really linear stuff that that you do those specific things. What were you going to say, Kato? Well, two things. First was, wh- is the Hojo Labs, uh, the, the, the his lab section the first time anyone else uh, specked out everyone's material instead of swapping back and forth every time someone left I the party? I still swapped most of the time. I still, I still I couldn't do it. a few a few <laughs> key things back and forth. It's like, I, I, once I, once uh, they I swapped back. I have a, a, my best cure. Like, I couldn't not have someone <laughs> have my best cure spell. I, um, I... Once it swept that swapped back twice, I was like, "Okay, hold on, let's sit down and figure yes, out what yes. how we can spread this out." Because I'm not gonna do. This I did do every that, single but then time. I still was like, "You know what? I'm I'm gonna carry this cura with me the whole the whole way. I'm gonna just have a, uh, a loose slot on each side and just quickly." I it's it's why I wish they had had like like I the the UI elements of this game are yeah. not mm. good. Mm. So I actually early on um, after. Um, uh, Waypoint contributor Julie Muncy um, mentioned that it's how much of a pain it is to upgrade individual weapons. Um, they had reviewed the game, I think, for Wired and had recommended, look, if you just if you want to just set it to like balanced or attack or defense, like you'll be fine. Ooh. Like you're not going to lose anything meaningfully. Wait, there's so an I auto just, update for the weapons? Yeah, yeah. I don't yes, even remember 100%. this. Wow. And I, I embraced it immediately. I just decided, okay, Barrett is defensive and he's long range. Just slot. Every weapon he gets, defense. Uh, I was like, Aerith, same way. You're going to be healing. You're going to be buffing. Defense. Like Tifa, your offense. Like uh, huh. uh, uh, Cloud, your offense. I want- and I just let, huh. I just let all that stuff get slotted all on its own. And I found. No I wonder if the game was. My... I wonder if they made better choices than I would make. And yeah. my guess is probably yes. I wonder. <laughs> the, like the automatic thing is making decisions based on what's available but probably based on also what the whole grid will be eventually and there's a lot of when you're when you go in and try to do that yourself it's like i don't fucking know what the next opening like the next few slots are going to be that open up mm-hmm. um the next like few bonuses but i guess i want more attack power i guess yeah. uh, the answer seemed to be yes like i wasn't having a hard 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 time with the game but i am curious if it's like you get you a better bill maybe that, that contributed to the fact that i right. um had an easier That's time was like look I want Cloud to just be able to. I'm going to cast a barrier on him, and he's just going to go in there and just wreck shit. And there's like and same with Tifa. There's that impulse sometimes to not min max to be like, all right, well, I want to make sure I get a little extra HP or defense. I don't want to just put it all into attack. And I wonder if like, and that's what the materia is right. for, right? That's like that's like exactly. why I, that's how I would balance mm-hmm. that stuff out. Was like I right. would, you know, uh, if if someone was uh, attack heavy and had some lower HP. What is everyone's um, favorite materia? Well, if you have to pick one materia. Hmm. Not like not like you could only have one because that means that like mm-hmm. elemental wouldn't exist right. <laughs> or like wouldn't be useful. But like if you were like I have to bring this one thing with me into the next game, what would it be? Magnify Cura. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess, you know, it's and that's a tough thing to answer because I found this is true of so many RPGs um, in which the like the tree of poison time, you know, like slow yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, things like that are. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I, haste, haste, I think, is, is like, is you're not this. you're not using haste. Then like you're you're making like just life harder for yourself. Uh, um, huh. And uh, but the things like poison and like other things that can like exploit elemental weaknesses. I just never found the game didn't demand it of me. Right. And so I never, I've heard that on hard, you really need to lean into that stuff. Like something like the hell house battle using like poison is like extremely useful. A lot like of stuff is not damage. immune to poison that you would think it would be immune huh. to poison. And that gives you just constant damage. Like you said, right. yeah, just like an ongoing dot is great. Well, and part of it is I wish the game. So there were, there were times towards the, the, the last third that I was just never having to change my loadout. And so I was like, I'm just going to start, you know, I get a new materia slot or I've got a new weapon that has something where it's like, oh, this is different than my normal loadout. I'm going to put in time. And I was like, wow, actually, like, slow is super fucking useful. Like, even if they're um, resistant to it, like, you can get just a lot more hits in if you if you, uh, if you you put that in. And I wish the game, I understand why, I, look, I love the fact that it recognizes that you might come into a battle and want to switch up. And it's like, cool, just quit out and you can just start right before that fight. We're going to recognize that. Um, even fights with multi-phases. Like, we're, you, you look, you can just start mid-phase. You don't have to start all the way over. That is all really, really smart. And I wish more games were cognizant of that. That said, I, like, it, I often muddled my way through fights where it would have been more fun to have a better um, equipment loadout and I wish I could just do it mid-fight. Like, give me a consequence. Make it an ability. Like, let me just swap one, right? Like, if I find mm-hmm. out, like, I went in with fire and actually I need lightning, like, yeah, make me have two ATB and then I can swap out my fire for a lightning. Um, I would have pref- would have liked something like that right. because what I did often was just, you know what? I bet I can just get through this fight a little bit longer and not do it and I just don't have the weakness. When I – it would the game clearly wants you to – be playing around with those weaknesses yeah. and staggering. And I would have enjoyed it more if the game gave me some opportunity to do that mid fight. Yeah, Even if it was only definitely. like once a fight or if it made me yeah, cost just me once. So you can swap one material yeah, yeah, yeah. and totally the something like that. The first run assess, then probably die because it didn't have the right thing equipped became kind oh. of assess <laughs> right, see, like the that's right a weak... answer, by the way. Assess is the material you want to bring off you want to bring <laughs> yeah, forward. Actually. That's the one I never unslotted. Would also assess, that's the, and that's what I think like this whole little conversation speaks to like a weak point mm-hmm. in sort of like the the cycle you go through in each fight is like how often did I I started bring you know I, I had cloud with assess like for like half the mm. game and then when I when it was clear that I don't like I don't need to assess unless I get my ass kicked. Mm. It's like I just stopped <laughs> equipping it. But then it's like cool, now I have to quit out, equip assess, go in, see if no, I like I, I just, guess guess what guess what the yeah. weaknesses are. That looks and like then, fi- fire, know, probably. That thing yeah. looks burn. <laughs> um and so I just think there's probably like given how elegant so many other of the like the way it handles combat. Um, there are there are little things like that that I wouldn't I wouldn't you know give me consequences for it, but give me a little more leeway um, mid fight. They should just make assess a, a a thing that everyone has next time. Assess should just become mm-hmm. like there's that thing with Magic the Gathering cards, which is yes. like one way to know that it's broken is that everyone runs it. The second that the second that every deck is running a card, you know, okay, that <laughs> card is fucking busted. Um, and assesses that for me, which is like, this game is built for assess. You, you the, the right. whole, there are fights that don't make any sense without assess. Just put assess in the game. Just let me have it or like make it a cloud ability and make it a, make it a, 
uh, a materia for anybody else or something like that. That could mm-hmm. be fun. Um, or maybe that ends up being like Red's thing, as Red can just do. A set, I don't know. But yeah, uh, I agree. That's that would be an elegance. But, but that would just it. be fine. And that way, it's just like at least I have it all the time. It doesn't stop your thing of like. Do you still need a, uh, to spend something to change your materia right. slots around? Uh, or I do right think, now you can't do that, but... I do think there's an interesting te- tension there between p- picking something with for element for a weapon and being like, I'm locked in here. If it's the wrong yeah. one, I'm kind of fucked. But then that. having the slots on like your magic users to have all of them. So like even if maybe Cloud is not doing as much damage, you still have the weakness on someone else. That yeah. sort of trade-off I feel like might be too mitigated by switching mid battle but i think the i don't know what if they the added there's some no, there's no consequence right now right like if you go into the fight i i, I think you're right the, the the tension is supposed to be the thing you just got out which is like right. you're climbing the tower and as you're climbing the tower you realize oh shit i didn't bring uh my my uh, electricity shit and so the, all these turrets are gonna fuck me up i gotta fucking get you know uh thunder in here real quick and you can't do it because you're in the middle of a fight. But okay, I, I die. I choose to just die really quick and then put it in because right. that is what the game lets me do. And at that point, it's not costing – all it's costing is time. And at a certain point, I stop even letting it cost me time because I realize very quickly I don't have the right kit for this. Let me just die. And at the point right. that that's the case, it's like, well, then I may as well just – you may as well just let me do it. You uh, know? No, it's more like saying that it forces your magic users to be your all-rounders. Like you can't mm, spec. You, you you have to use the four four see, of their ne- slots I to have one that. of each. That's I what I that's that. what I ended My up doing game. because I wasn't I didn't want to run into this thing. So I would assess and then like figure out okay, well huh. like we'll work around this. I used element less because of that in some sections. Just like being like, all right, I'm not sure what that's like I don't want to I don't want to hit at reduced strength with cloud. So well, I'm just I not gonna knew- use. Elemental. It always felt to me that was like, I'm in the sewers, all of, no, there's not going to be robots down here. So right. I don't need to fuck around. I don't, I'll put elemental on fire instead of putting it on right. lightning. Um, the, right. You could, you the, assess the first couple of rooms and then be like, there's a pattern here and swap right. in. Yeah. Um, that, um, that, that was kind of fun, but. Mike, I, I ended up just always making sure I had all four elements i never had like one person with all four elements that felt too risky to me because then if they died there would be a moment where i'd be like well fuck i can't get the space i need to stagger this thing or whatever and Uh someone uh so i I try my best to avoid that by putting all my eggs in one basket Um, i i did that and it was well i did it mostly with barrett and then would steel skin him and he Sure. Be, be able to tank out anyway, so like it was uh-huh. fine. But whenever it was Aerith, I got into some bad situations where Aerith would die, uh, and then I would have none of my magic, and it was a bad scene. So, yeah, maybe um, something else would have been worked better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of these other questions are things we've basically answered. Um, so I feel like we've we've done a good job here. Patrick, you didn't get called away. I feel like we should win while we're ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, that's true. I heard I heard them go up the stairs, and I was like, okay. No, right? I think you know, the, I, I don't want to uh, out out uh, overplay my hand. Exactly. Now you get to leave early. Like, yeah, I wrapped up. I'm good. And I'm glad you're back. Oh now you get to be the hero. You know what I mean? Now you get to. They didn't have to come get you. You got. You went out there. <laughs> uh, as always, you can follow everything we do at Waypoint Twitter.com/slash/waypointwaypoint.advice.com. Patrick, where can people find you? And is there anything you want to shout out while you're on you're on this uh, paternity leave? You can't. Wait. You can't find me. You f- mm. what? what? Maybe this is too long mm. of a question. What's up? 
go. But does, was the Sephiroth at the end real, or was it Dementors? That's, I think that... Oh, the Dementors have nothing to do with Sephiroth in that way. No. I don't think. At some point, you smash a sword through him, and he splits up into a bunch of Dementors. Hmm. At in one of those cutscenes, he like. At some point, I'm at some point I'm gonna watch it three hours. <laughs> yeah, I. Hmm. I haven't done. Are it you yet. sure it's that and not the Genova reveal? Because the Sephiroth that you fight, they're okay. There are Sephiroth clones, and they wait, have. Wait, they're part of what? Project S. Yeah, all those people with numbers on them are 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 part of. Is that the why? Reunion project. <sighs> Who see? Uh huh. Yeah. 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 When you're like, I think this is going to be a short question. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, you're you're basically asking a question that will be answered in the sequel yes. uh, or the original. You should just go play Final Fantasy. I'm gonna go play. Yeah. Fantasy just go. Now. Just go max. Just go max stats yep. and just just fucking just bowl through. Limit it. breakthrough yes. Final Fantasy Seven. It'll be it'll be fun. Oh my God. You'll still get stuck because uh, there'll be mini games that are hard, and you'll get stuck on those. Mm, oh my true. God! The fucking levers. For me, it was the pull-ups. Anyway, um, <laughs> I did all the pull-ups. Me too. I, I, the last one yeah. was was, was the only one that gave me trouble. And I was yeah. at my wife. My wife uh, came out and she was like, "Why are you talking out loud to yourself?" I was like, "Because I was doing, I was doing up, down, down right, yeah. left, uh-huh. up, Same. down, right, left, up, down, Same. right, left, up, Once down, it got right, fast, left." And then it I got would, good. It got easier the faster right. it got yes. for me. Once you get like to max yeah. speed, you could just do it, and that was great. Anyway. <laughs> she she also um my uh my my oldest which is now a weird thing to wow. say uh Jessica, congrats she, um, by the way for the first time on recording you. I think maybe uh, yeah. no I came I came on briefly okay. for okay. Uh, a podcast um to say I was uh taking time off um but um thank you all the same um but um she has this maze book that uh she does um and. I had started playing Final Fantasy VII around the time when I started uh, taking this time, and when she would finish her maze, I would go da na 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 because like she just <laughs> wanted like a little ditty at the end, and I was like, I've been playing it a lot, and then all of a sudden, uh, my wife—I was uh, playing it one morning because I'm the usually the one that gets up early with with the kids and let her sleep because she has to do all all this mama work at night, and um, she like oh, comes in while Barrett goes. And she's like, that's what that's from? And I was so I was wondering that weird little musical cue you were doing when you were reading that book to Jessica. I was like, yeah, it's from the, it's from, it's from the video game. game. So, then, like, so then I think she had to get suckered into doing it. She's like, do the thing that dad oh, does. So like, I don't want to do the Final Fantasy VII. That's so funny. Music cue. Uh, um, yeah, you can you can follow me uh, at Patrick Klubik. Uh I guess I'm bearing this in at the end of the podcast. I'll uh, tweet about it, but... Um, uh, I was going to take a month off and uh, come back uh, to work, but given the state of everything and um, also because if something went weird with my job, I'd lose the paternity leave. Yep. Um, I'm going to take the additional uh, uh, two months um, or at least another month and then play things by ear. Um, even outside of losing the paternity leave, like asking my wife to watch two kids while uh, I come down to talk about Gears Tactics when I have an alternative seems like um, maybe not the the choice I should make, and uh, I have the utmost confidence in the entire team here to to let me go take that time and keep uh, fighting the good fight. So uh, for at least the next month, but I think in all likelihood the next two months I'll be taking that time. But because I also can't leave or go anywhere, I, I will probably still occasionally pop in on the podcast uh, because I, it's like human contact or the closest that I. 
I don't consider my family to be human contact. They're Damn. just here. Um, I don't have a choice with them uh, anymore. So I'll, I'll be around every once in a while. I've not touched the Mario Maker stuff. I wanted to have a Mario Maker hot take Damn, um, in none. here somewhere, but I'll have to come back with that in, in a week or two. <laughs> um, um, so Shout out to Till Death Do Us Part also. Yeah, but yeah, my wife and I brought back our we horror podcast. Episode um, one, can, I saw go up. Yeah, we just called like, it episode one um, because <laughs> we noticed we and we're now answering emails that people have sent us from 2016 wow. because we feel like we uh, owe them. Um, <laughs> this person named Matt, we're curious about the relationship status because they they were talking about it in relation to a horror movie from 2016. Um, so yeah, you can go listen uh, to that where we uh, did a, an episode uh, about quarantine movies uh, last week, and we did one this week about. Um, under the skin, Jennifer's body, and uh, Ginger Snaps—all three, uh, all great uh, movies. So you can go check uh, us uh, talk about horror movies there. But yeah, I guess that's the shout out I would do. And um, again, thanks to to all y'all for uh, making it so that I can take all that work. Especially Rob. Rob does a lot of the editorial heavy lifting while Absolutely. I'm out, and he's not here. That's that's been absent from this podcast. I was like, oh, I can do a podcast without Rob talking shit about me, about maybe about like the amount of yard work I'm doing. Um, I'll just sneak into this Final Fantasy spoiler cast uh, without Rob. Uh, other other real quick thing, Patrick. Are you watching The Last mm. Dance? I watched the first episode. Okay. I wasn't going to watch two. it on you myself. because night, you mean? No, no. Just oh. the, the first hour. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Well, I wasn't sure if, if uh, my wife was going to be into it or gotcha. not. I mean, she grew up in that era too. But uh, like I I take like the last shift with uh, Elizabeth, our youngest, or Ariel, as did I have I shared that story? Well, I actually sneak this one in quickly. Is that when um, we were coming, we tried to involve Jessica in the naming process, uh-huh. um, and we we're like, "Do you have a name you'd like to think about calling the baby?" And she's like, "Ariel." And I was like, "Oh, because of the Little Mermaid." She's like, "Yes." <laughs> and so we wrote it on the big board. We had like seven sheets of paper up with all the names out, like big, and we were crossing them out, and um, and then uh, when we brought the baby home. Uh, we're like, oh, the baby's name is Elizabeth. And she goes, no, the baby's name is Ariel. <laughs> That's gonna and stick. You're stuck. She she has she has continued to do this throughout um, the the the, the, oh the, the last month. Where around the house, we just refer to the baby as the baby or your sister because if she catches us saying Elizabeth, you will hear her from across the house. Not not Elizabeth, Ariel, <laughs> and just like correcting us. Oh, that's we so were, funny. We had a na- we had a neighbor oh. whose uh, son was graduating from college. Didn't get to have a ceremony, and so they did. I'm sure people have seen this, you know, going around. They did kind of, you know, uh, you know, a fake ceremony, you know, a, a ceremony with the people around mm. them. And so they had like grandparents in the cars and the neighbors, you know, neighboring houses out to 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 cheer and stuff like that. So we had that a couple of days ago. And one of our neighbors uh, came by just to say hello and congratulations on Elizabeth. And I. You know, they're saying hi to Jessica, and they kneel down to her, and they go, oh, you're a big sister now. And she goes, yep. And they go, what's the name of your big sister? And she goes, Ariel. And I turn to her, I go, what's her real name? And Jessica looks down at the floor and just goes, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, so I mean, good. I've told her, I was like, you can call her Ariel. I don't care. Just your mom and dad are going to call her Elizabeth, and you have to be okay with that. And she'll be begrudgingly agree to wow. that um but isn't so isn't amazing. isn't isn't fully um confident with it so you know it's ariel or elizabeth take your take your pick take your pick yeah <laughs> love it kato where Adorable. can people find you on the internet at uh a underscore kato underscore appears playing the final fantasy 7 
because I need to know what the fuck is happening. I really do recommend. One of the other questions that did come in was basically like, I feel like there was a a bait and switch here. My Uh recommendation is to go play the original. It's there. It exists. It's still playable. It's still really good. Um, I've been watching a let's play of it and really enjoying it. uh, And and it's it's unlike the film industry, which does its best to pretend originals don't exist, Mm. um, or only panders to like you know folks that like are film historians or like really care about where something came from like when a remake comes around in like other industries there's this tendency to just like this is the new thing this this is it and i don't think square has i don't feel like they've gone out of their way to pretend the final fantasy 7 doesn't exist like they just re-released that on switch right. and have made it easier than ever hidden, to engage with right. that story they haven't done no. they haven't lucased it right <laughs> nor does this one even pretend nor does this one even pretend yeah. that it's not canon, right? Like that's kind of the right. part of the the, the the genius thing of this, and how why I think it's goofy, but but works to a to a degree that I am okay with. Of like, yeah, like it happened. Like this is just a different version of that tale, but that one still happened. Yeah. Granted, let's see what they do with that. In oh, yeah, parts we'll see. They could send the shit. I'm so much more happy with this than the alternative than than a version of this yep. that whatever. Uh, all right, thank you as always. You can send your questions to gamingadvice.com. Shouts to Bowen for letting us use the track "Miss You" of the EP Pale Machine. Speaking of music, my last real shout out here is the moment the fucking Genova theme hits and like the fucking synths hit in that fight against Genova at the end. I marked out so hard with like the oil <laughs> falls from the sky and it go and it like. Oh the, yeah, what the fuck the bit, was that? What? What's up with the oil? You mean or what's no, up with the like, fucking Genova? Genova. Dream yeah. thing? What? Uh-huh. What's up? M- mother. Uh-huh. Fucking what? It's sick. it's sick. Don't worry about it. Also, can uh, I just say really quick shout out also uh-huh. to the the section of the lab that you do all that like those fights in? Uh something about the scale in that room felt the most like the things I've seen of the original than any other like location in the game like i just think they did the style the style and like the shout out shout outs to the person who made the the uh jpegs of trying to oh depict midgard during the, <laughs> the time you scale out. the environment <laughs> i kind of oh, love it where, i'll like, be honest i look here's oh you know what God. it's like this is a game no expense was spared except for the, the, f- the sky boxes the floor in which boxes. they they, they, <laughs> they assigned some poor I wanna, intern i want to know how we got there so yeah. bad so bad, I want to know how we got like, to there. Um, no all one's right, going to look down. Is this view no beautiful? Well, <laughs> it's, uh, sure. It's so good. Um, all right, y'all. I hope everyone has a great uh, a great remainder of your week. Patrick, thank you again for, for joining us. Uh, good luck with... Shout out to my wife, the true MVP. Shout out to Jessica and Ariel um, and everything that's going on there in, in the house. Um, uh, we'll be back later this week with a regular episode of Waypoint Radio. Look forward to that. Until then, fuck capitalism. Stay home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. 
the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. I will, I'll talk to everyone later. Stay I safe. I meant go home. But I said stay this time. I <laughs> yeah. meant go. No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah makes we've sense. talked about it. We're going back and forth on it. We've gone back and forth on it. Because right. a lot of people don't get to stay home. That's right. the thing. Yeah, right. A lot of people have to fucking go to work. So <laughs> uh, I say I literally I like as an ambulance sen- drives sen- past my apartment. So yeah. I think the, I think the, sen- I think the yeah. sentiment is yeah. there still. As long as it's there. All right. Still didn't get that cable, huh, Austin? Uh, I got it. I got it working the other day. And then okay. it fell. And we uh-huh. had like two episodes with me on. And now I don't have a place that for was it. One, it was the thing I was most curious about. I was like, all right, when I log in here, what yeah, am I going to get? Did, we did like three episodes with camera, <laughs> and now I just don't have one again. So I'm working on it. When it um, fell, and then like, what, the, the, the cable the just The camera like itself working? is now just not working. So oh I'm God. like, Jesus it's Christ. a nightmare. Uh, I was like, That's yeah. a twist I didn't see coming. That's, uh-huh. that, I'm genuinely surprised. Okay. Uh-huh. It sucks. Um, all right. Uh... Where, huh? Where, where did I put it? There it is. All right, thirty-five. Wow. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's guys. far. I know. Ooh, That's how I'm feeling today. That's how. Yeah. <laughs> That's like casting Kiraga. It's like do do uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole long <laughs> lead in. Probably should have just cast Cure twice. Twice. It actually yeah. made more sense. Well, ATB, you burn the though. ATB, though. Yeah. That's the thing. is You, you really want to waste That's two That's why ATBs. you get that refocus, and you got that spare yeah. one to yeah. go. Yeah. And you put uh-huh. on that that uh, bangle or whatever that it's, uh, sends ATB use into your limit break. Yes. Or you drop those at the ATB ward. Um which that's is where so I, that's where That's where I spend you know, the line to the ATB ward during the can- <laughs> pandemic. Are wild. God. All right, I will do an intro. What is a? This is not a numbered episode, right, Kata? Uh, no, it could be. No, let's just do. Let's just do a special. Okay. Um. <laughs>